Welcome to the Winner Circle with Derek Pang. On this podcast, I'll be introducing you to real-world heroes who have stepped outside their safe, known worlds to pursue and live their win, their best lives. This is a choice we all get to make. The intention behind these conversations is to inspire you to move forward with greater faith, trust, and belief in yourself on your hero's journey ahead. Let's go, hero. All right, we are live. And on today's episode, I interview a somatic healer, sexologist, and relationship coach. She is also one of the owners and lead facilitators of the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy, the only globally accredited certification to become a sexually sexuality practitioner. This upcoming December 29th to 31st, she'll be co-leading a desire resolution retreat with Stephanie J. This is an intimately guided, luxurious three-day retreat in Austin, Texas, or you could also join online, which I am hoping to do myself, to manifest with your pleasure. Welcome to the Winter Circle, Chelsea Browse. Oh, thank you so much. What a great intro. Thank you, Derek. Yeah, it's all the amazing things you're doing, and I'm excited to just delve into your hero story. Um, before we do that, um, just the intention behind all these conversations is to uplift, inspire, and empower everyone tuning in to move forward with greater faith, belief, and trusting themselves on their hero's journey ahead. And so my first question kind of sets things up on a really positive tone. These conversations um, take that direction. So what do you love, Chelsea, about your current world right now? Not about the external world, what's going on on the outside, but what do you love about your personal world? Hmm. What a beautiful question. Thank you for that. Oh, what do I love about my personal world? Well, uh, yeah, if I'm like completely honest, I am just so in awe with my family right now. So I have a 14 year old and I'm in 11 year long relationship. And I have just, I've never felt so full by just the relationships in my life, um, just more specifically, just like with the little family that I've kind of created and co-created. Um, so that is really what is just, I'm just like so filled to the brim, even though it's just like some days you're just like, oh my God, like how am I even going to get out of the bed? Like my son isn't listening again. He's failing class, like <laughs> just so much chaos. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, when I just reflect on it, like just in the last couple of days, we had like this parents versus kids basketball game. And for a lot of people, it's not like super sexy or like, you know, whatever, but it's just so nourishing. Um, Cause when, for me, my entire life, having a family has just been the most important thing. I ran away when I was 16 years old and I've been homeless. I've lived on the street. And I remember just like crying myself to sleep, just like wanting a family. And just because I felt so alone and, yeah, it's just been really hitting me lately. I guess I guess it's the holiday festive time too, right? You kind of start thinking about family a little bit more. And it's just really, really landing on my heart um, really deeply, especially just this week. So yeah, thank you for that question. Yeah, thank you for that honest answer. I'm, I'm excited to delve more into some of those shares. Uh, but before we do, I listed a lot of titles that you hold in the introduction. Um, and one question I asked all the guests at the beginning um, to get a better idea of them and so the listeners can get a better idea who this person is, is pertaining to their personal mission. 
So in everything that you do, whether that be your somatic healing, you're working as a sexologist or a relationship coach or as a co-facilitator of retreats or a mother, a partner, a friend, what is your overarching mission that guides you in everything that you do, Chelsea? Mm -hmm. Yeah, another really beautiful question. And it really does come down to um, just this, this personal feeling of alignment. And to me, what I truly have just, I've gone really deeply within myself to kind of pull myself out of the trenches, if you will, um, just my own internal world of pain and suffering. I have a really colorful, dark, if you will, background. I've had three uh, really, really abusive relationships. And um, yeah, just coming from my background, I mentioned about being homeless and just really craving that family dynamic. Um, so I've really been in that that darker side. And I really do believe that for just so many people, our missions really do come through the messy, darker aspects of our life. I, I like to say our mess is our message. And we really develop so much from there. So in my journey, um, I've had to really move through a lot of that. And on the other side, um, you really just see the beauty in it. And for me, like my mission is like really bringing bringing like bringing those aspects of myself um, back into wholeness. And a huge part of my mission is really discovering that our through all of this, our pleasure is what really brings us back into alignment. And because of this huge desire of wanting intimacy and profound connection and, and love and um, ultimately family, um, what always I came back to was, Oh, sorry. What I should really say is what found me in that quest was sacred sexuality and pleasure and um, learning how to develop like really core pieces within int intimate relationships. And so my mission has really been learning how to um, bring these pieces within myself back into wholeness, because the deeper I've gotten into like sacred sexuality, like Tantra, Taoism, and um, just all these other various different lineages that are really holding sexuality and, and spirituality on like the same levels, really, that there really isn't much of a separation between the two. The deeper I've dove into those the last five years now, um, it, that is really what's brought me into more wholeness and deeper into my healing and what's happened it's for me is fascinating to see is just how it's touched all of my relationships. So not only has it really brought myself into more um, feeling more loved and valued as a human being, because I have a deep, deep um, past of just feeling unworthy and not, not enough. And just, um, yeah, just like really, really in my own soupy core wounds and also like abandoned by both my parents. And these teachings around pleasure and like orgasm and just our sexuality and how beautiful it is, is really what's allowed for me to remember that I am valuable. I am powerful. And, um, in integrating that in myself, it's brought so much beauty in like myself as being a mom towards my son and being a lover to my partner and being a sister and being a, into like a sister to brothers and sisters and all these things. And, so my mission has just come forth like, oh, my God, like this is just like so fucking valuable. And 
So my mission is just really integrating that into society in the best way that I personally can. And it's been through my business. Uh huh. Uh, it's like a return to wholeness is kind of the theme. Yeah. So how have you returned to that space, the space of mm. being enough exactly mm-hmm. as you want? Yeah, so it is a battle. <laughs> like It's so funny. Like I can't necessarily say that I've achieved this amazing thing because the human condition, right? Like it, we have, I have my low days. Um, so it is just a constant remembering for me to to really come back into that sensation of like ah I am whole as I am now and what has allowed me to kind of continuously come back into that remembering is um you know it's not going to be that sexy but just having like a daily practice that that really allows me to be aligned and my core I guess core things that I do is essentially self-pleasure and when I say self-pleasure though, I don't mean like masturbation or like the the thing that, you know, people would say like on TikTok or on Instagram to be more artful and not get like censored. Like I actually mean um, a really beautiful practice that we train our facilitators over at New Paradigm Intimacy. So self-pleasure um, is essentially using the tantric tools of sound, breath, movement, and touch. And through these four tools um, that we all have access to, which are actually quite literally free, through these tools, it allows us to jump, uh, drop from the mind to feelings, to emotion, to sensation. And when we do this on a regular basis, we start to relate to our, our body, our feelings, our sensations, and even just the world and the, the people around us at a sensational level. And the reason why this is just so fucking profound is that when we were, if you understand anything about trauma, or if you've heard or heard or read anything about trauma, but trauma is established when we are no longer experiencing the moment as it is. Trauma happens when we are up in the mind and the mind has a really hard time at relating at the feeling sense. So the sensation sense of the experience and we're no longer in our body because it's too much or it's too too quick or it's just too much for us to experience. So we're no longer feeling it at a sensational level. So what's beautiful, the ability with self-pleasure is that it's quite literally training you to build a healthy, resilient nervous system to experience sensation. So even when things feel like, oh, it's just too much, you you go back to those tools of sound, breath, movement, and touch, and you're completely grounded in your body. You're experiencing life. And from this place, you do develop the capacity to experience more. You end up becoming a lot more grounded in, you know, I don't know, someone yelling at you, um, just all like various things. There's so many different things that we experience in a day, but um, that is just like a really grounding practice that I do. And because I've done it for just so long now, and for anyone that ends up like practicing it on a daily basis, your day ends up becoming like this really orgasmic sensational experience where you are just so in your body and you know you're just you're feeling the person you're talking to moment to moment and with your lover you're feeling them moment to moment and just life just becomes so much more juicy it's amazing uh-huh. so let's get delve into that a little bit more so first what is like tantra like what you these are tantric tools can you just kind of explain what is that for the person that does not know sure yeah so tantra it it is more like a philosophy 
Um, you can consider it, well, I guess some people would call it a religion, but I like to think of it more like a philosophy. It's like a way of life. And it, it truly is bringing the, like, like relating with the life such that everything is divine and, you know, everything has, um, some form of consciousness and rather than, um, you know, kind of like pushing off as like mundane or anything like that, you are really bringing in the, um, the, the presence of yourself with that thing and relating to it as another, um, as something divine rather than just, you know, it's just a plant. No, but that plant actually has a form of consciousness and experiencing it as such. So that's kind of how I relate to Tantra. Now there, there is obviously like um, different lineages, like there's white and there's, there's um, uh, black, like there's the different kinds of lineages, but overall overarching, like I'm not an expert in Tantra or anything like that, um, but overarching to me, it is just a philosophy and a way of being. And um, you know, if you get really specific, there's, you know, ways to practice Tantra and there's um, very like, uh, uh, like rigid rules and things like that. And those things I don't really know, but to me, it is just a philosophy and a way of being. Okay, so your tools that you use are sound, breath, movement, and touch. So can you kind of get into how you use those daily? Yeah, absolutely. So even with you and I right now, like um, as I'm speaking to you, um, I'm very much in my body. I'm very aware of my heart beating. I'm very aware, oh, is my pelvis, like my gut, is it like getting a little clenched because maybe I'm holding a little bit of nervousness? So I'm not necessarily using touch in this moment, but I am very much using my awareness to really sink into the sensation in my body. So if I do end up feeling, let's say, um, I don't know, maybe, yeah, as now I'm kind of speaking to it, like my gut is like slowly kind of like, is like a little bit of clenching. What you can do in those moments, if you are feeling nervousness, you can just go deep breath. (sighs) And immediately, like, there is a release if you really allow yourself to sink into that, like the vibration of the sound and the breath. Oh, my God, the breath is quite literally like our life, right? To me, the breath always represents our life. I know you're a yogini as well. I'm sure you have a very similar philosophy to in connection to your breath. And, you know, when you bring that breath in, it's like, how deeply are you allowing breath to come in? And How I like to relate to that is, you know, the more we breathe, the deeper we breathe, the more feeling we're allowing into our life. So it's like when you're not breathing deep enough, what are you avoiding from feeling? And it is just like it is such a beautiful way to kind of like just kind of gauge where you're at in your day. And so that's kind of how I like to use just sound and breath, for example. Yeah. And then movement. How do you how like how do you apply the tantra tool of movement? Yeah. So this one is beautiful. So it really, again, it depends exactly what you're doing. But um, if I, I don't know, if I'm walking around and yeah, I'm, I'm just feeling again, like maybe nervousness is like the easiest thing to kind of think of right now. There's so many different ways, but if I'm feeling like nervous for a reason, I'm just give like a, you know, just like shake my body, you know, just movement, just like shaking the, whatever that shit is that you're kind of holding on to just shake it out and shaking itself like that form of movement is a really really powerful nervous system regulation tool because you are just kind of like letting yourself release a lot of like um 
you know, like whatever sensation was stuck there. It could have been like anger. It could have been like the need to like run away. And you literally, if you ever observe like an animal, specifically dogs, they're wonderful to observe. When you see them get like shook up or just like excitement or just like an excess amount of energy, what do they do? They shake. They immediately shake. It is such like a, just like a, a normal thing to do to release excess energy. And so, yeah, shaking is one way. Also dance a really really beautiful way teach to like move and loosen yourself up um so that's how movement would do yeah okay the, the last tantric tool is touch what's that look like yeah so touch like we know how to touch but for an example like if you were to just think right now and i would point out like um how what is your hand feeling right now in this moment it prior to that likely there wasn't really much connection so the power of touch is like, oh, okay. And okay, now I got my awareness on my hand, but maybe I'm still not feeling much. Maybe it feels cold, but to invite the feeling of like touch into play, like all of a sudden there's like a whole new sensation going on. And so using touch, it, if you just invite you to try it now, you can just place the, your, your fingertips on your palm. You, what were you feeling before? And now compare it to now. All of a sudden, like there is no... Like your awareness isn't like, like floating around to the left or the right. Now your awareness is quite literally wherever your fingertips go. So it allows you to really connect that like mind body connection so intimately without the mind wandering. So touch is just like another really powerful way. Like if, you know, like you're nervous or I don't know, like, I can't think of an example right now, but if something's going on in your day when you're with your lover and maybe you want them to just really be here with you, right? You're just like, okay, like I can see your mind is wandering and you just, you really want them to be here for you. A really beautiful way is just placing your hand on their shoulder. And then all of a sudden, like kind of like lets them know, like, yeah, like I need you here right now. And it just really brings them in the moment. So touch is just like a really powerful way to, to help us stay in our bodies a little bit better. Uh-huh. I really appreciate those explanations. Um, this show, these conversations are called Welcome to the Winner Circle. So I'm just curious to ask you, what does winning mean to you? And what does that look like for you in your life today? Winning? Oh my gosh, that's such an interesting question for me. Um, I've had such like an, an aversion to competition for a long time. <laughs> Um, but for winning for me today, yeah, I feel like I'm winning in the day when I'm most aware of my heart. Like I, I really, really do. Cause you know, again, like we get, I get really busy in the day and I'm sure everyone can relate to this, just, you know, getting caught up in your schedule and your to-do list and, you know, just mundane life tasks, you know, it's not romantic at all <laughs> a lot of the time. And I, I really believe that, you know, the more that I kind of check in my heart and I actually do this quite regularly. I'm like, oh yeah, how's my heart today? I'm like, oh, can I feel my heart right now? This is something I actually do quite regularly. And I feel like the days that I'm most in tune with my heart and then, you know, making my decision from my heart, I feel like a winner. Like I, you know, you just, I personally just feel so on top of the world. I'm just like, wow, like today was a good fucking day. And to me, that feels like winning. Yeah, beautiful, amazing. And what does like winning look like for you in your life today? Like, well, yeah, what does your day comprise of? Like, what does what are you doing um, with your mm. day? 
Yeah. Oh, no, my God. So this week has just been pretty wild. I've had one, two, three. This is my uh, third podcast this week and I actually have one more tomorrow. So this week has just been like a lot of fucking talking. <laughs> so that's really funny. Um. So, yeah. So I guess for me in that respect, it's like I'm doing a lot more in showing up outwardly rather than, you know, because I'm usually... Um, I don't know if you know anything about human design, but like I'm a a two, four profile line. So it's like a hermit opportunist. So I lead in the world kind of very, um, just like in my own world, but in like internally unconsciously, I'm like, I'm very much of like, I love the people I'm here for the people sort of thing. But anyways, I'm used to just being very much in my own world still, um, you know, showing up as a facilitator and new paradigm intimacy, still connecting with my clients and things like that. Um, but it is m- like just more, like I still have more space for my own personal things. I also create t- content on the regular. So it's like just still kind of with myself though. Um, so I'm able to kind of check in with my heart a bit more regularly, like I mentioned. So now to this week, like I mentioned, it's just been crazy. This like outward kind of like sun energy if you will and so I I feel like I've been dealing with or dealing or managing with with really well because I'm still noticing that I'm I'm kind of tuning in with my energy levels I'm still like okay like like are do you have the energy capacity to do this podcast oh like are you gonna have time to do you know your your breathing and like these sorts of things and um yeah it's been feeling really really good so Mm -hmm. I've been feeling really good about that Amazing. And one of the reasons why you've been on all these podcasts is you're promoting a retreat that you have coming up at the end of December um, with one of my former, my friends and former guests here, Stephanie J. So you guys are leading the Desire Resolution Retreat. Um, it'll be in Austin, Texas at the end of the year. So what is that all about? Oh my gosh. So in short, it, it is going to be a three-day really intimate hybrid event. So it's in person and online. And the main focus is to teach our participants and kind of go through the process together with the participants on how to manifest with your pleasure. And we're super pumped because this is actually something that I've personally been trying to manifest for probably two years now, maybe longer. Um, to get a really powerful group of like-minded people together intentionally to do sex magic together. So <laughs> this is something I've been like, like really, really keen on doing because you can imagine, um, I'm sure, you know, like your listeners maybe too, you know, a little bit about like the law of attraction, you know, such that we have this really, really powerful um, like transmitter that is us. And when we focus that transmitter in the right frequency and we all put the same intention on it like it is so powerful like there's so much research now with like the heart math institute and i know i don't know if you know joe dispenza he's a mentor of mine and he's all about you know using the mind as a tool to not only heal the body but also create collective change and he's actually done some really really powerful um gatherings where he gets a group of people together with a shared intention to um, like heal essentially. And there's been reports that 
Um, there's been like strange events, like quite locally of like, you know, mis- like people mysteriously getting healed from cancer and just like all these like really, really amazing fucking things. And these, these are the power of like going into the state of like gratitude and like joy and like freedom, like these really beautiful um, frequencies that we can tap into and then point our own transmitters to. So our intention in Desire Resolution Retreat is really to, you know, no one, one, first of all, help people clarify the power and the magnetism of their heart's deepest desire. So we're going to use the power of the heart that which like Joe Dispenza and like HeartMath Institute, these other really powerful, like scientific research facilities have actually proven works. And what we're doing is, and what we've actually discovered ourselves, Stephanie J and I, is that not only does that work, yes, it works, and we have a much more powerful frequency that we can just dump some rock, some rocket fuel onto our current manifestation um, practices that her and I have both personally done ourselves. So what we're doing is teaching people how to tap into the heart's desire, and you know, get really, really clear on what that is, you know, pull away the conditioning and the programming that simply was never ours to begin with, you know, to just really come back into that remembering um, of what's true for you and what the fuck do you actually want to create in 2024. And then we're going to teach everyone how to manifest with your pleasure. And if you think about this, pleasure is like the state of alignment. When you're in pleasure, what are the, like, if you were to think about like a word to describe when you're in pleasure or even just right after you experience an orgasm or something like a peak state of bliss, the, the words that I hear people say is like free, ecstasy, um, complete. Like these are just like very com- like words that people say. Like even for yourself, if you were to kind of tune into um, like a word that you can think of when you're in like a peak state or right after a peak state. Like peaceful, the present. Yeah, exactly. It's so beautiful. And, and when we tune into that, if you feel the state of gratitude, like your heart is like exploding. But when you're feeling that along with a peak state and you're directing that into your highest intention, your heart's desire, like the thing that you want to create in 2024, that shit is just like crazy potent. And we're going to be bringing a group of people doing this together at Desire Retreat, which is just going to amplify it like a million times. I am so pumped. So what exactly is sex magic? Yeah. So sex magic is essentially, um, well, there is a whole process. Uh, I don't, you may or may not seen it, but if anyone's curious, I have a, our whole process on my Instagram. I did a live stream, um, that has the walk you step by step, but essentially, um, once you move through the process to kind of over, to oversimplify it, um, sex magic is allowing you to use your sexual energy, move it through all your energy centers And at your peak state is what you're doing is really aligning it to whatever, whatever your, the thing is you're manifesting. So whether it be like, I don't know, like the caveat here is it doesn't really need to be true to your heart. Otherwise you're just going to be amplifying a lot of shit that you're not going to be too happy with later. And (laughs) I also did share about a lot of the misconceptions on my, my Instagram as well, which was just really funny. So you do need to really be clear and focused and have really, really powerful intentions of what it is you're calling in. Um, so essentially, yeah, sex magic is using your sexual and en- sexual energy to manifest, to manifest. Okay. And how do you use your sexual energy? Like, yeah. How do you do that? Like, is it? A yeah. Sex- yeah. 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 So 
Um, really simple. If you were to build your sexual energy, build an arousal that can be done. However, it is you choose to. So you can even, if when you are a bit more advanced, um, you can quite literally just kind of start tuning into your sexual energy and feel the arousal. You can use your breath. Something is something that I teach my one-to-one clients is how to use the breath to build their sexual energy to an actual peak. So energy orgasms are very, very real for all genders. Um, so anyways, however you want to build your sexual arousal, that could be during intercourse with a partner, or it could be solo, you don't necessarily need to do it with anybody. And in the retreat, this is all solo, and there's no physical touch. So it's all like in your body, in your body, in your body, just for for better context and visuals for people. Um, so essentially, you're building your arousal. And your arousal is your sexual heat, that is your sexual energy. So you're going to be using that energy. And you're going to be building it to the state where it moves through all your energy centers and you're going to be allowing it to move through your, your brain because it's connecting with your intention in your, in your brain. Okay. And so like, how do you build your sexual energy? Do you think like sexual thoughts? Like that's like, yeah. How do you build your sexual energy with? Yeah. Um... So exactly. Yeah. So you can do it that way. I do caution because when you're thinking uh, when you are thinking sexual thoughts, it is easy to have the monkey mind kind of go completely into the reptilian state such that you are very, very primitive in the thinking and you're kind of lose the intention entirely, right? So it is really easy to kind of shut off the mammalian and the limbic system and go completely reptilian and it's very reactive. So this is a huge piece to my my work with my one-to-one clients such that um, through breath awareness and um, intention, you learn to train your reptilian mind. So you're actually quite literally um, learning how to be in your sexual energy and training your nervous system and how to respond and um, to, to respond rather than react. So this is actually a really funny visual, but I love using this example. Um, I don't know if you ever, if you have a dog or a cat or anything like that, but if you ever see them kind of like <laughs> in their instincts, when it comes to mating, you, like they have like that hip pelvis thing with the males, like they'll like do the hip pelvis, like they'll hump the air or something. And the females will raise their rear end, right? Like they they're, they're, that's like the reptilian mind. Like that is a really, really primitive state. And like the bodies react because that's just what they know when they're in the sexual energy, right? So humans are kind of like that. <laughs> when we, sorry, you cut out. Yeah, I said, yeah, how, what does it look like in humans? Yeah, yeah. So it depends. Like it really depends on the behaviors that like the sexual patterns that someone has had throughout their whole life. So this could just be, you know, regular friction sex, like you would see on porn. It's just like straight up penetration, very, um, just hard and fast. Like that's, that's kind of how, that's kind of why you see sex in that way. If you look at porn, it all kind of looks the same. It is that very reptilian state. Like it's just, penetration in out hard fast kind of thing and it, it's and there's nothing wrong with it there's a time and place for it right but when we're using our sexual energy for something like manifesting our life or wanting to even channel it into um, our day-to-day then we do actually need to of overcome the reptilian state of that you know the regular um primal fuck if you will and again there's nothing wrong with it primal fuck is delicious 
when you know when to implement it, when it makes more sense and you're, it's like a very, very true to the heart, to the moment and to like both people in that moment is very true. But in the respect of manifestation, it is not, it doesn't really do us much of a service. So in that respect, yeah, like a lot of like what we can do is we can use our breath and our breath really allows us to be a much more intentional and to also amplify what we're feeling. And so that is how you can build arousal. That is how you can build your sexual energy. Um, so I can't remember exactly what your question was, but uh, yeah, I can't remember what your question was. You, you said um, like the cats and like how they. Right. Uh, <laughs> look like right. <laughs> Yeah, I just love this. Sorry, it makes me funny when I visualize it. Um, so anyways, yeah. So similar to how like the cats and the dogs and, you know, they kind of go into that state as soon as they they start building their arousal because it's that primal reptilian mind. So we are the similar way. So if we don't actually have any intentional practice or training, we quite literally just do the same thing in our lovemaking and when we're in our sexual energy. So it makes it really hard for us to intentionally channel and use that sexual energy. So this is why for me, like in my one-to-one with, with my one-to-one clients is a huge focus is training the nervous system so that when it does hit that reptilian primal fuck state, we can actually choose to respond rather than react. So like we can respond um, just in a completely more aligned or authentic way, whatever that is, it's, I, I don't know, it's different for everybody. Okay. So what's like a, t- what's a res- possible response when you feel feeling that primal, that reptilian urge, like how, how can you respond? Um, yeah. What are the options for response there? Mm. Well, let's try to have a specific situation then let's, let's say, I don't know. Um, you're with a woman and you are in that like that reptilian mind and she isn't quite ready you know she you guys it's been like five minutes maybe maybe you guys literally just got naked and the primal fuck is in overdrive right and um you're ready to just go full-on penetrate and like hard fast thrusting at that moment you know i i think I think most people know at this point, if you don't, if you do or don't, it's not a big deal. It's not, it's not the place, but, um, women do take a little bit more time to warm up. Right. Like, so what's really important to see, like (laughs) what's really attractive actually for men in this situation is knowing that, you know, when they have that primal fuck, there's this sense of restraint that they have. And when you're with a woman that isn't quite ready yet, and she can feel that that primal fuck just coming online and you're holding back that gorilla like that is hot that is so fucking hot and that in itself would probably get her really ready but just keep just keeping to note that it does take time for a woman to get ready and just some key things I guess now that we're on this topic um to to help know if a woman is ready is like if you can actually just notice her breathing like is her breathing shallow and just kind of in the in her heart space or is it long and slow and is it can you actually notice her pelvic bowl like her lower belly expanding that right there will just show you that she's relaxed and she's relaxed enough and can trust you and obviously please always ask consent when you don't know (laughs) consent is very sexy always ask um but another key trait is her her vulva her vulva will quite literally change color you know as the genitals get more engorged the blood flows down to the genitals 
And when the more she gets aroused and it's really beautiful is her yoni lips, they start to kind of like blossom like a little flower. They actually also, because of the rectal tissue, they also will grow and will get engorged too. So what I love to just really note that when you are at more of a skillful lover level, um, that primal fuck is still there. Like that never goes away. But there is now a level of restraint and sensitivity and equanimity in those moments. So it's not so reactive. There's there's that that peaceful state within like that, oh, I want to tear her apart, you know, and it's that's fucking hot too. But like there's still like that, you know, that that deep connection with the breath and um just equanimity with with the sexual energy. Huh. That's really great info. Thank you for sharing all that. Now I want to kind of delve into your origin story, how you got here. So you were mentioning that like you ran away from home at 16, like you'd start there, you could start before that. But how did you become what you are now a somatic healer, a sexologist and a relationship coach? How did that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, I did run away when I was 16 and that was just a gong show um I was I was actually homeless for a number of years after that and I moved from Winnipeg to Thunder Bay to Thunder Bay to Regina to Regina to to Vancouver to Vancouver to Regina to Regina to Winnipeg (laughs) when I had my son again um and it was really a really chaotic time in my life um I you know I just got into the the wrong crowd um I've stolen cars I've done robberies, I've sold drugs. Hopefully I could say that and not get in trouble, but I've done like a lot of shit anyway. <laughs> and um, the men that I chose at that time, you know, they didn't hold me in reverence. They didn't honor me. They didn't respect me. And it ended up being incredibly abusive um, and like physically abusive, emotionally abusive. Like I almost went into debt because of one of them. It was a really, really dark past. And uh, when I had my son, that was like my wake up call. Like it for sure was my wake up call. Having my son really like, like woke me up in a way that's like, okay, you're no longer responsible for, your, for, for yourself. You're actually carrying another human inside of you. Do you care about this human? Of course I do. Okay. Straighten your life the fuck up. <laughs> like it's time to wake the fuck up. Um, so that was 14 years ago. And Quite literally, as soon as I became a mom, um, that was the best thing for me. And I think a part of me always knew that because even like the father that I chose at that point, he was like he was one of the abusers in my life at that time. And um, I knew like I had to get out of that relationship, but my son was the key motivator. So from there, I started to build my life. I went back to school. I had dropped out of school when I ran away from school. So I went back to school. Um, I got my my college degree as a in computer science. I became a software developer in corporate. And um, yeah, my life started to kind of like progressively get like better and like safer and just like more stable. And um, which was great. But I don't know if you've had this experience before, um, if you've had any type of chaos in your life. And when you're in that space, like your key motivator, if you're aware of it or not, is to get out of chaos and find safety. Like that is it. It's like get out of survival, find a safe place. So that was my key driver, especially having my son. I was like, I need to, I need to protect this kid. I need to like, I need to, you know, be responsible. You know, all these like stories in my head. I really need to do this. So I did do that. 
I created a really safe and beautiful home for myself, my son and my lover. We ended up buying a house together. You know, I mean, out of this lucrative position as a software developer in a corporate, a really big corporate um, uh, business. And um, everything seemed fine. <laughs> Until, you know, the shit catches up with us, right? So I realized how reactive I was. Like, I was a fucking bitch to my lover. I was a bitch to my son. I was a bitch to myself. (laughs) And I started to question that. And like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck, Chels? Like, I don't even recognize myself. And then I also realized how lonely I was because I started asking those questions. And um, I realized that, like, at this point, I think it'd been about six or so years or five, five or six years deep, you know, in my, my now relationship, my 11 year long relationship. And, um, I felt so alone. I was like, I, on paper, I have everything. What is wrong? And I just find that those questions are the most powerful for anyone to start asking, not necessarily what is wrong with me, but, um, like, who am I? you know, like, what, what am I doing with my life? What do I want to do in my life? So I started to ask all those questions and I started my own healing journey. And the first thing that found me actually wasn't necessarily sexuality. It was meditation and meditation was like the most powerful thing for me then. And still is, I still do meditation. It's still really, really important in my life. Um, I feel like because of the human condition and our the way our minds work, we need something to really focus that mind and like learn what focus actually is and like have the beautiful awareness of something um, bigger than what is like this physical meat suit of ours, you know, just having the awareness of where of awareness of presence. So that was really powerful and profound for me. And what's why what my what I love about that part of my life is that it allowed me to discover what I really wanted. And yeah, I wanted to be a mom. Yeah, I want to be, you know, a lover and like be really good at all these things. But what came to me as I was sitting on my meditation cushion was like, I want to be of service. And I was like, wow, okay, well, what does that mean? And that started asking like more questions. And from there, like maybe like a week later, it was quite quick. That's when I, I found um, sacred sexuality, or I should say sacred sexuality found me, like all these like really beautiful schools and like modalities and practices. And it just got deeper and deeper and deeper. And um, it hit me so deeply because I was so magnetized to it. I was like, fuck, this is it. Like this, this is how I can be of service because I not only did it touch me so profoundly, but I kept hearing stories of other people that were touched by it too. And I'm like, fuck, like there's something here. Like there, there is something here. And then, so you started to educate yourself. Deeply. <laughs> like, I think anyone can relate to, you know, finding something that just touches them so profoundly. Like you, you go through a huge black, black hole. Like it's like book, it's like mentor and like course and like, this retreat and like this, you know, let's like, you just keep going and going and going and going and going and going and going. <laughs> yeah. And then you became a coach. Yes. Yeah. 
So how did that process look like? And then, so did you leave the corporate job and became a coach? Like, did you, how do you transition? What did that look like? Oh yeah. Thank you for that question. I don't really talk about that that much. Um, so while I was a software developer, so I just want to paint this picture a little bit. So the, the company I worked at, I won't name it, but it was just like a big insurance company. It's Canada wide. It's also in the States. So it's large. Um, and if anyone has ever been in a big corporation, you know that there's like hierarchy and there's like, um, I was also always busy. I was always fucking busy. Like I felt like I was in a factory. Like I was just go, 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 go. Even though like, I, I still to this day, I love, I love technology. Um, I will never stop learning about technology just cause I just, I just love it. Um, but anyways, yeah, I was just like very, very heavy, heavy up in the mind constantly, like 10 hour days sometimes. And I like even like when I would put my laptop away, like I would have an, an, like an on call phone. So I'd still get called in because it was just like very, very demanding. Um, and for anyone that's had any type of chaotic background, um, that is really difficult for you to sink into your body enough to feel what's really there. Like it is almost impossible. Um, so when meditation came around, it allowed me to be aware of what was there. I'm like, okay, yeah, I got a lot of shit inside of me. <laughs> but when then, when it came to all the sacred sexuality work, um, and practices that I was doing, it forced me in a really beautiful way to be with those sensations in my body, to, to be with the hurt from the abuse, to, to be with the, the feeling of feeling so unloved and abandoned from my parents and the feel like just to feel all these dark, you know, these, these things that you kind of run away from and you try to escape from in your day to day. And um, so I was doing all this work while I was going to my nine to five, um, as a software developer going back in my brain and then thereafter doing my healing and like being with my body, exploring pleasure and all these other things. And, um, I've been doing that for a couple years and I already knew about halfway, maybe about a year through that, like, yeah, this is what I want to do to help people. So I got my certification as a self-pleasure practitioner. And that's actually through the Institute that I'm now co-owner of. And the, is doing that kind of like as a hobby for about a year. And it just got to the point of me doing that and going to the nine to five. It just felt like I need to just fucking cut the cord. Like I, I just, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever been in that kind of like space where, you know, they, they had their side hustle or they were starting a business and they, they're just like, fuck, like I just want to ditch ditch the day job like I can't fucking do this anymore and I just remember like going some days like I would get li literal headaches because I just I couldn't be there like I just I hated it so much like it was painful so I just I finally just told my boss like hey you know I gotta give my two weeks like I just I can't do it anymore I basically just decide decided because it got to a point where my body was physically reacting like I just don't want to do this anymore and yeah I decided and um I went all in I quit my job and uh, I just did like full on did content creation. Uh, I ended up going viral on TikTok within four months of going full all, fully full time all in. I had a video on TikTok hit 7 million views in less than four months. And I had 40,000 followers in five months. And um, I got my first five figure month in that same month as well. It was wild. Like it was 
I really do describe it as like this moment where it's like, okay, are you going to be half in and half out? Like, what do you want to do? And I fully just owned it and I just went all in and I, yeah, I just went for it. That's incredible. And so your first five figure month, how, how did you earn, like, what was the money from, like from your coaching from what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was from one-to-one clients. Okay. And how did you recruit your one-on-one clients? And like, yeah, how, how do you maintain these clients? Like how, how do you keep that well flowing? Yeah, absolutely. So a big piece of it is word of mouth and as well as content creation and things like this, like podcasts, like what, how I relate to it is um, you're kind of like the online space is like your soapbox. You know, you, you get out, <laughs> you get out into like Times Square, you put your soapbox out there and you start yelling your message. And I kind of relate to, well, maybe it's a bigger, a bigger stage than just Times Square, but um Online is very much related to that. And when you are clear in your message, you have conviction and you know your value, you are magnetic as fuck. And the people that are, you know, there to receive that message will hear you and they will reach out. Mm-hmm. So would you work with your clients on like what like you're typically like, what does that relationship look like? So there's a few avenues that I dwell in but people will usually come to me like my how what I what I have such a soft spot in is people will usually come to me in wanting to experience relating bliss and how I relate to that is it's you know just having a more harmonious relationship not only with your lover but more importantly with yourself so that's a big reason why people will come to me and how that looks is very different for each individual because it does come down to, you know, like where you're at in your life. Like, are you looking to attract a lover or like find a lover or are you looking to really build what you already have with a current partner? So that can look like, you know, really diving into the somatic memory of the body. So it's like, oh, okay. Like if you are currently in a really you know, like a lot of resentment with your lover. Let's really, let's, let's get into that. Like what's going on with that resentment? Where did it start? Why is it there? And a lot of the time it has a lot to do just like some, at some point in the relationship, trust was eroded and we we need to get really clear and honest of like, okay, what, like, why is that trust now broken and how can we repair and rebuild that trust? So that's a big piece. Um, but another avenue is, you know, people like, they may just be having issues with orgasm, maybe having ED, they may be having issues or just wanting to experience more pleasure in their sexual relationship, again, either solo or with their lover. Okay. Um, and for someone wanting to attract uh, that lover into their reality, what is your fundamental pieces of advice for those clients and for those, like, yeah, for those interested in that in that realm? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's an interesting question because a big piece of that is letting it go. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. <laughs> no one wants to fucking hear that because um, I'll share a story. Um, so as I've shared, I've had three back-to-back really, really abusive relationships. And 
statistically speaking, I shouldn't have a really patient, loving, caring, supportive partner. Like statistically, I, my my father was also an alcoholic and absent, and I had a really um, tyrant of a stepfather. So like my history with men and my my preference is also being with men, just just for clarity for people. Um, my history with men isn't the the brightest. It isn't the nicest. You know, like it's I have zero reason to um, understand a healthy br- blueprint of a man and attract that into my life. So statistically speaking, is like nah, like that does that wasn't for me. And I asked actually what I believe. I didn't believe that that could be possible for me. So the last abusive relationship that I had, I quite literally decided that no enough is enough like first of all like like why does this keep happening like there, there's got to be something going on with me and I, I at this point this was like 11 tw- sorry almost 12 years ago now and um I was just somehow I just knew like fuck it's me <laughs> like there's something going on with me but this is enough like there was a huge decision of like viscerally, like I remember feeling it and not being any, like I didn't understand manifestation or anything at this point. Like I remember viscerally feeling like, no, enough is enough. Like this ends with me. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this for me. I can't do this for my son. I can't do this. So what I would say is the first thing to understand is just like to really get clear with yourself and to allow your body to experience your decision on what you want like viscerally. So my visceral claiming was that I'm done with people that don't respect me. You know, I really need to learn how to respect myself. And that was like, it was a full on decision. So I I don't know if anyone is in the same situation as me when it came to like not wanting abusive people, but I think we all can relate to that. We don't want abusive partners. (laughs) So that was like a huge decision for me. And then from there, I had to get really clear on what I did want. And this may not be that sexy, but this is this shit works. Like just getting really, really fucking clear on what you want. And I mean it a value system, not like, oh, I want blue eyes or I want them to be curvy and I want them to be muscly. Not that shit. Like, because that will come because your body already fucking wants that. That will come. What really matters is what your heart wants. What really, really matters is what your heart wants. So are you wanting someone that also wants a family? Are you wanting someone that um I don't know, um, you know, wants to be poly or like monogamous, like just really getting clear and open and honest about the deeper values that, you know, people are maybe afraid to even talk about. Like, what are you really, really afraid to admit about yourself? And this can sometimes take, you know, months to get really, really honest and open with that with you. And (laughs) when I did this for myself, literally, and this this is going to sound funny or maybe people may not believe it but quite literally one week later my now partner just popped into my life and I do believe unintentionally I manifested him like I really do because I remember all these things that I did so clearly and he just poof <laughs> came out of nowhere yeah how did he pop in and come out of nowhere that's the thing I can't really explain it other than um the like- person that I was I used to work at Rogers and Corden if anyone in Winnipeg it's no longer around but I used to work Roger and Corden and the person that I was working with he was one of his friends 
And that would that would have been our only link. But other than that, we never would have met. And he's also a few years younger than me. So at the time, he was 21 at the time. So I had I met him before I made that decision, I would never have chosen him because I would have thought like, oh, no, he's too young and I have a kid. There's no way this would work. I had the time my son was three and he was 21. I was like, what 21 year old in his right, like his right of mind would want to be with a, a mom with a three year old? You know what I mean? So it's just like it makes no fucking sense. But right. because I had decided and like quite literally like, OK, I deserve, you know, someone that respects me. I deserve someone that also wants a family and like has like a stable, a stable life. Like it's not like not going to abuse me and like has a car, like just really basic things. Um and yeah like when he showed himself it just it felt so right it just it just felt so right uh-huh so it's not always been easy there's been highs <laughs> yeah discuss um some of the lows like you have so far with like just having to run away from home at 16 to the obstacles there maybe let's discuss like a, a your biggest challenge in terms of relationship uh, relationships and how you overcame that mm. oh well um let's see where do we want to go with that because there's a lot of challenges um let me think here Cause like I can share like specific, like really fucking traumatic times. Um, and I wouldn't say I really overcame them then, so, but I did kind of like come out on the other side of it sort of thing. Yes. Just, I don't know, some sort of challenge you've encountered on your journey um, that you think by sharing it and talking about how you overcome it will help like someone going through a similar thing. Mm, okay. Okay. I can share something recently that happened because I, I actually really think it was really beautiful. So uh, it's really personal. Um, so my son, um, he's, he's failing a subject right now. And if anyone that is a parent, um, like, you know, how devastating that is to see your, your kid struggling in school. And, you know, you do kind of have this like mom or father ego like this parent ego where you're like oh like I'm failing oh I, you know I'm failing my kids so I was very much in that uh quite recently it was like I think it was like a month ago and um so yeah my son was struggling and I'm like fuck like I'm just like failing as a mom and like that is so fucking painful I don't just first of all like that is just so painful to feel like you're failing as a parent um so yeah I'm just like sitting in that and my lover he came to me and he's like how can you let this happen oh no what happened was my son was late again to school and like that's another thing my son's 14 it's really hard to get him to school on time <laughs> so that's another current struggle but um anyways my partner you know just him unintentionally just kind of like doesn't notice that I'm like feeling what I'm feeling because I wasn't really expressing it either um he comes like how can you let this happen and it was just like a it was just a fucking dagger. Like it was just a dagger in my heart and I'm already feeling like I'm failing. And then all of a sudden, you know, the person you would want to support you and to like hold you and like to really journey this with you and like give some direction, maybe just like, you know, just like, I'm just in my like soupiness and like, oh, oh. 
And me, like five years ago, I would have like, fuck you. Like, how could you say that? Ah, you know, just like completely, like complete reactivity, like hot potato, all my emotions on him. But thankfully, I'm no longer that person. Um, What I did, though, was like it just because it was so painful, like I couldn't even cognitively like think of like anything artistically to say you know like online they'll probably like oh say oh you should have said this you know like proper communication but it's like I just it hurt so all I could be was just like that really hurts I I just can't right now and that's just how it came out like I don't even like how it came out but that's just how it came out and then that interaction kind of ended because we were both kind of like you know, busy in your day, like you're just doing shit. So then he left and then I'm still sitting in it because it is so fucking painful. And then to have that dagger, like, because my another big thing that I'm super committed in is, um, again, like I said earlier, like really checking with my heart and like really being honest with myself and like self-pleasuring essentially day moment to moment. So like I'm in this deep sensation. And um, so, yeah, anyways, he left and then I went to like I went to do my own process. So I really like held my heart and I got to the root of it. And I just, yeah, I just, that's how I noticed that I'm just like, I feel like I'm feeling as a parent. And there was just so much emotion and I did some crying. That's some emotional release, but like it was still there. Like it was just so, so much. And then I realized I'm like, fuck, like I'm not supposed to do this alone right now. So I picked myself up off my floor <laughs> And I walked downstairs to where my partner was and he's just like laying on the couch on his phone doing something. And I just stood there looking at him. I'm just like, hey, I really need you right now. And I just started bawling as soon as I just said, I need you. Because I I think that like just admitting just simply for even whether it be a woman or a man, just admitting to your lover that I need you when you're so fucking broken, like when you feel not like you are broken, but you feel so like just collapsed is so vulnerable. And it it like, I just like, I need you. Blah, and I just like, was just like bawling my eyes off. He's like, okay, just come here. So I just like, just laid there and started crying on him. So I think what I want to share about that is just like, as humans, as adult humans, whether you're a parent or not, in our days, like we are constantly feeling things. We are constantly moving through shit. We are constantly in our deep wounding, like in and out of it, in and out of it. And the challenge is our staying as open as we possibly can when those moments come in our day. Like it can be so easy to like slip into the old way of habitual patterns and callous over and like, you know, shield our hearts and cross our arms and turn away from our lover But the challenge really is, is like, how can you still keep your heart open and just so connected with them? Because that is the relational field, right? Like staying your, keeping your heart open and staying connected. So yeah, the challenge for me was just like to admit that in that moment, I still needed him. Um, Yeah. Thank you for that sharing. It brought me up another question. So what if Mm -hmm. you walk to your partner or your lover and you're stating your needs and they're not able to meet those needs, like your three relationships in the past have, or they put it Mm -hmm. on you and um, that's not aligned. Like what do you do and how do you get out? How, like you, you've been there and it's like not easy. So. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple 
there's a couple layers to this. And I just, I want to rewind in that like process that I did first before I address this beautiful question. And the first layer is I had to go and be with myself first. I had to really lean on those needs in my heart and be with myself such that, you know, like I said, I, there was crying that happened prior. Um, I really needed to have some form of self-holding and get really clear on what my needs were before I hot potatoed my emotions on my lover. And when we do that, we give ourselves the space to process our emotions a little bit. Like, so for me, what that looked like, essentially, if we, if I share with my process, it was actually self-pleasure. So I use sound, breath, movement, and touch to really be with that feeling of I'm failing as a mom. I, I literally did that for probably 10 minutes, maybe a little bit longer to get really like honest with like, oh, okay, like how, like how, are, how was the sensation moving through my body? So I just sound breath movement and touch with that failing feeling, which was fucking painful. I don't want to brush over that because I know anyone that's felt that before, whether it be failing at life, failing, you know, with their business, failing at anything is fucking painful. So yeah, I had to really sit with that. And when you do that, you allow yourself to lean back and hold yourself and and be with those sensations. When you go to your lover and you express, you know, whatever was happening, it's a lot softer rather than it being like, like a sword, like you're like dumping and like slicing and like, Hey, take all my emotions. You're coming at them and just simply saying like, Hey, I need you right now. So that's just the first layer. So it's a, the way it feels is very different. There's there's a lot more space rather than it just being like, yeah, does that make sense? Like there's a lot more space when you come in that way. Yeah. So now because we've that, because I went through that process and it's actually something that I teach my clients as well, because you go through that first. Yes, you need your partner and the nuanced layers you don't actually because there is a part of you that's already done the holding. You've already kind of been through it. But there's there's just this knowing that in the relationship field, because the specific um, situation that I was in, it's like the mom and father, you know, like you are a single unit. So it's like you do need to have that conversation and like come back into the that union, that that relational field together and to, to, to build that bond again, because it, it was like, when he said those words and I felt that thing, it was like that, that field was like, it like broke. So I needed to reestablish that. So there was a knowing that, okay, oh, I need him. Even though that, in that moment I didn't, now that I'm sharing it, it's making more sense. So thank you for letting me like speak to this more too. Um, So anyways, when you do that and they still say like, I, like, I don't know, I can't do this right now or like whatever. There, you are already feeling really sound in your body because you already did the holding prior. So even if they say no, yeah, it's going to fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah, it may not be the answer that you want, but in your heart, in your body, in your nervous system, you're okay. And there's no like chasing or clenching. So that is the dynamic of a healthy, secure, uh, stable relationship. Now, to kind of go back into like the abusive relationships that I've been in, um, one, there was never any self-holding on my side. So even though I, you know, I've been physically abused. Um, this is probably an unpopular opinion, but as a, a domestic abuse survivor, I also had my role in those situations. You know, 
I was in those relationships like two years each. So six years total. Every single day of those relationships, I always had a choice to leave and I never did. Yeah, there's obviously emotional entanglement and enmeshment and just like all these other manipulation things that are happening. But I still always had that choice. I remember days and like, oh, I should leave. I should leave. And I didn't. So I just want to lay, lay that nuance to there. Um, so if it is a, an abusive dynamic, there needs to be a level of self-responsibility for ourselves, you know, to, to really get clear, like, okay, is, is this actually healthy? Like, is, am I being respected? Am I respecting myself? I hope that yeah. answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. So every episode I ask a, a final few questions, we're at that point. And so here they come through it all, through all your journey thus far, what has been the greatest life lesson you've learned on your path that you feel called in this moment, most true to you and you wish to share with us? Mm, my greatest life lesson. And it feels most true to you in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. There's yeah. Something that actually keeps coming for me to to like really sink into that lesson within myself is just how valuable every single human being is you know just every you me every single human being on this planet just how valuable they are you are i am and what's allowed me to really sink that into my nervous system like to just if i close my eyes and i'm like okay is that true yeah it's fucking true like i could feel it without like like no hesitation it has been my pleasure so really giving myself the space to experience my pleasure to to sink back into what pleasure is for me learning what pleasure is for me experiencing it so low for myself and you know pleasure just it really reminds us how valuable you and I are we are so that would be my life lesson okay in three words, how you describe the experience you were having on this earth? Um, and you can elaborate on said words if you wish as well. But yeah, what would be the three words you would use to describe the experience you were having in this reality? Three words. Oh my God. Doesn't have to be a sentence. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the first word that comes to me, ecstatic. Okay. Um, home. And erotic. Okay, why are those words? Why ecstatic, home, and erotic? Yeah, ecstatic because, oh my gosh, just because I just, I don't know, I just have such a beautiful relationship with like ecstatic states. So that was just the first word that came to me. So like ecstatic is just like, just like, wow, like this, like, wow, just like this beautiful like state, just like pulsating through each, each and every one of us. So that's just kind of what came to me. <laughs> and then home home yeah just because i to me is every day it just feels like there's like this constant remembering of like coming back home coming back home yeah all it's, it's an inside job and then erotic mm, yeah erotic i honestly feel like this whole existence is just one huge love story and when i think about eroticism it's not about being sexual it really is just about like like even right now, like our conversation is incredibly erotic. Like you are watching me, like seeing me and I'm, you know, verbally sharing a story. And it's just like this beautiful, like 
to and from energetic. So to me, that's incredibly erotic. So every single moment to me is just erotic. Beautiful. Final question. Uh, we've played around with time. We've examined your past. We've examined your present. Let's go into the future. We're going to be alongside an 85-year-old Chelsea Browse. Who is that? <laughs> that 85-year-old woman. Where are you? Who are you surrounded by? What is the legacy you've left here in your 85 years? And what are the predominant feelings in your being, in your soul? Mm. Well, I'm going to, I want to say the feelings first because that came the quickest. So the predominant feelings is just like this childlike silliness. Like there, there definitely is just like play. I guess play would be like this, this huge like theme for me. Um, What would I be doing? Oh my God. Uh, for some reason, I just saw like, 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 like white hair. Like so my hair is white. When I'm 85, everyone doesn't see me. My hair is white. I stopped dyeing it. Uh, <laughs> and oh, I don't know. I can see myself. I'm just getting visuals now that you're asking me. I'm just seeing like myself walking along an ocean and uh, I feel very complete and yeah, I have my, my family nearby and I feel really fulfilled. Beautiful. Um, I would just like you to tap into that state. Maybe just close your eyes, connect with one of your tools, your breath. Mm -hmm. feel into that that place of childlike silliness and play despite the white hair um the fa your family's around nearby you're feeling a sense of fullness completion um the ocean breeze is in the air you smell that on your in your nose and against your skin and I'm going to bring us back to the present, the present day. And that 85-year-old Chelsea, she whispers you a message. What does she tell you? Aw. She said, be free. Beautiful. You are. We are. <laughs> and always an opportunity to step into our freedom. It's it's a choice, right? Mm -hmm. And that's power. So for people wanting to connect with you, they can find you on Instagram at Chelsbra. Um, and from there, you, you have a link tree to all your stuff, including your mm -hmm. our resolution retreat with Stephanie J um, in Austin, Texas. But you could also do that online. Um, any closing words from you? Mm. Don't forget that your pleasure is alignment. Don't forget that your pleasure is alignment. Well, here's to alignment. We close every conversation with the digital Boom. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Derek.